Hi, everybody. You're listening to Coffee Talk at the Castle with your host, Alyssa. Hi there. You're tuned in to episode 10 of Coffee Talk at the Castle. And today we are finishing up our two-part series on the Epcot Pavilions. Now, last week, if you tuned in, and if you haven't yet, I would definitely recommend you either pausing this one and going back to episode 9 or just listening to the other part right after this part because they do kind of go together. So last week was the six first six pavilions if you start over on the Mexico side. So you we talked about Mexico, Norway, China, Germany, Italy, and United States, and of course um, the outpost as well. But this week, we'll be talking about Japan, Morocco, we'll be talking a little bit more about France, United Kingdom, and Canada. Now, my personal favorite, I love Japan, and it is definitely one of my favorite pavilions. You've got great food, great drinks, the marketplace there is amazing. So without spilling too much detail, let's just go ahead and dive right into the first one we're going to talk about, which of course is Japan. So Japan is really unique because there's just so much to offer here. And I feel like a lot of people don't really understand what all Japan has to offer. They've got so much food selection, great photo spots, a huge market, and of course the museum that they have with the gallery inside of it. So there is a lot to unpack with this pavilion and it's again my favorite. So let's start off with just how you visually see Japan. So I feel like when you walk into the park and you've passed Spaceship Earth, which for some people, you don't know what I'm talking about. So Spaceship Earth, if you've ever been to Epcot, or I should say never been to Epcot, is the silver metallic-y globe thing that is very iconic to Epcot. You see the texture of the triangles um, used a lot, but inside of the actual globe, there's the ride, Spaceship Earth. So that's why people call it Spaceship Earth. Now, Looking through the lagoon, it's very hard to miss the Tori that's in the water, which is very brightly red. It's lit up at night. Now, when you're in Japan itself, if you look at that, you can see Spaceship Earth on the other side. So it's a great picture moment. And of course, at night when it's all lit up, you also have Spaceship Earth all lit up. So it's really beautiful. You can get a very symmetric photo if you want to frame out Spaceship Earth with the Tori or just kind of angle it off. It's It's very beautiful and picturesque, and especially when the fireworks are going. It's just, ugh, it's a great, just makes me very happy with my symmetry, too. (laughs) And there's also the ginormous pagoda, which is beautiful. You can find the drum players playing over there sometimes. I think the information is on the app, too, at their showtimes. But very lovely, very tranquil as well over there. You have this little creek right behind the pagoda that is so relaxing and you can sit over there because you also have a quick serve, the katsura grill, which you can get some, I think some noodles, you can get sushi, you can get some alcoholic beverages. And there's also a bathroom back there, which to be honest, took me a while to realize it was right there. And I would always use uh, Morocco's bathroom or go over to United States. But yeah, there's a bathroom right up the hill, right behind the giant pagoda. So Speaking of food, let's get into this. So this has a lot to unpack over in Japan. And to be honest, it's all so delicious. And if I don't say it's delicious, it's 
not because of personal experience. Most of these are personal experience, but the other one is based on ratings. So I know Takumite is the number one fine dining spot I have not been to, and it is not open right now because of all the closures that happened due to COVID. But when I mean fine dining, it is fine dining. It is one out of two restaurants that actually have a dress code in Epcot and in as far as all the parks. It's a specific dress code. And if you've ever been to like a nice country club or even Ruth's Chris, I feel like has like the signs for dress code. But what they mean is no tattered clothing, whether it's a t-shirt or frayed jeans or no holy jeans. If you do wear jeans, they ask that they be very nice and clean. Um, they would prefer you to wear slacks if you're a man. Or I guess a woman can wear slacks too, of course. But no tank tops, no swimwear, no swim cover-ups, no flip-flops, nothing, you know, typical of touristy stuff in the hot weather. They want you to be nice and go along with the ambiance that is in here because after all, you're paying a pretty penny. They've got a normal menu and they also have a tasting menu, which is a, you know, taste of everything. And the average is about $130 per person. Now, each of these rooms, they have five different elements, you know, the five normal nature elements for the rooms. And one of them is the water room, which features the chef's table. Now, if you want to do this experience, it is a three hour long experience, nine courses, is 180 per person and it is a six person minimum to get this table eight person maximum and if you show up with the you know less than what you had reserved there will be a $300 fee on top of it so don't lie your way in just to get it because you will be literally paying for it when you get your bill but I've heard some great things there supposedly the wagyu is like butter and then you got the sashimi, you've got superb fish choice like sea bass. So I think if you're looking for a fancier place, this is definitely one of those things once it opens up that you're going to want to try. Now, let's move on to the Teppan Edo. So this is their teppanyaki. Now, some ratings say this is overrated. I love it. I love teppanyaki, though. I, I love Japanese food, period. I'm willing to try things with Japanese food that I normally wouldn't try with other countries or other cultures. But it is good, and it's fun. So I know later on in the episode, I'll talk about just kid environment, you know, certain restaurants, like let's just say the fancier ones. I I myself wouldn't take the, the girls too, but teppanyaki is a great one because it entertains the girls. It entertains us. We're having great food, a great time. We just went with my family back in 2019. I know I have a lot of these stories, but normally when we travel to Epcot, because we're over in California, we travel in a big family. So it's either eight adults or it's 10 of us, eight adults and two kids. So we're always having a, a hoot of a time. But anyways, so we wanted to buy bottles of sake because we all in my family like Japanese food and we like to enjoy it with sake. So we're not going to pay per shot or, you know, get these teeny tiny bottles. So my mom asked if we could get the bottles that are downstairs in the ginormous marketplace and bring them up. They apparently had not had that request, or at least the people we have talked to had not done that before, but they said if a you know waiter or a host could walk down with us and witness the purchase and bring the bottles up themselves, then they would have no problem doing it. And so my mom's like, oh yeah, of course, whatever. So they bring this basket back up once my mom purchases it, and 
here comes the sake and it's just flowing. And what tops off a better meal with good food than a nice shot of sake? I mean, it was it was a fun night. And again, good food. So if you are concerned because it's a little bit pricier than what you would pay, I think it's worth it. If you like teppanyaki, it's definitely on the great side of teppanyaki. I've had some not so good teppanyaki, but this is not it. It is great food. I love it. So definitely a go-to in my opinion. Now that is upstairs above the marketplace, like I said, and you also have Tokyo Dining that is upstairs as well. And that's your traditional sit down. It's got sushi. It's got just just normal tempura. It's a bigger range of menus. So don't feel like you're going there just to have a sushi bar. No, there's a a very expansive menu that you're going to be able to go to. And I've eaten there too. Great food, very nice dining. It's quieter if you're looking for a nicer place to sit. You have to walk through the Tokyo dining to get to the Teppan Edo. So just so you know, like if you're like, uh, this is, doesn't look like teppanyaki. It's because you have to walk through the Tokyo dining to get to the teppanyaki. And then you have, like I said, the Katsura grill, which is behind the pagoda, which has quick serve. Normally open right around noon. I know last time we were there in December, they told us that they didn't open until 12.15. And then it <laughs> changed until 12.30. So I think it's just kind of like how they're prepared and who's working and what's going on. But it's good on the go sushi and it's good to to sit in that eating space. If you want nice and quiet, it is outdoor, but they do have a little bit of indoor seating too over in that area. Then of course you move on to the Kabuki Cafe, which is right in front of the pagoda. This is a must stop and I cannot emphasize this enough. I always go here. And when I mean always, I always go here. So first of all, it's your place for, you can also get sushi here, quick serve, of course, and then you can get soda or some beer or some sake, but you also have the shaved ice and it's so good. I'm a sucker for shaved ice. I mean, I love it. The milk on top of it makes it creamy too. If you want to try it with the milk, it's normally like um, sweet and condensed milk on top of it. Or you can, if you're 21 and over, you can go for the alcoholic version, which is mixed with sake, which for me is a perfect drink for drinking around the world because it's like, ah, duh, I'm getting some water in with the ice. So (laughs) it's a two for one kind of deal. And who doesn't love adult shaved ice? But if that's not your thing, you can also try the Tokyo Sunset, which is coconut rum, peach schnapps, banana liqueur, and pineapple juice. So both of those really great, really refreshing. Now let's talk about the store itself. So the store is actually one giant department store. Mitsukashi is the name of the department store. And it's literally got everything. It's like a giant marketplace. It's got snacks. It's got toys. It's got swords. It's got kimonos. It's got random gifts. It's even got a pearl opening ceremony where you get, you guaranteed get a pearl after they do this ceremony of opening up the oyster. I mean, it's amazing. So for me, this takes a cake in shopping. If you had to shop in one pavilion, it would be Japan. If I had to eat in one pavilion, 
it would be Japan. I mean, if I had to drink in one pavilion, it would be Japan. Don't get me wrong. Mexico's a close second. But Japan takes the cake for me. So I love it here. I think there's so much to do. I will note this is one of the only pavilions, or is the only pavilion, that does not have a character area. So if you're looking for a character, you're not going to find one in Japan. But the kid caught is inside the department store, so you will be able to find that. But yeah, it's just, ugh. One of my favorites, and I can't stress this enough, get the shaved ice. Now let's go ahead and move on to the next one. So let's move on to Morocco. So a little disclaimer here. There was a lot of things that aren't controlled by Disney over in Morocco. And when I mean that, I mean mostly the restaurants. So you got the restaurant Marrakesh. And then you also have the Spice Road table. Now, uh, since reopening, in fact, actually really recently over back in December, Disney took over Spice Road table and kind of turned it over to them. Now, restaurant Marrakesh has still not opened up in Morocco. This restaurant was definitely a party restaurant. So you know how I talked over in Germany, their uh, beer garden restaurant or buffet, I should say, was very lively. This would be the comparison to that. So it was very lively with live music. You had nightly belly dancers. It was a good time. Very entertaining, great food, but loud and a fun time. So um, it, again, is closed, still hasn't reopened. There's no reopening date right now, hopefully soon. I know a lot of people did enjoy that restaurant, enjoyed the ambiance, enjoyed the food. I myself have never eaten there, but again, I've heard great things. Now, as for Spice Road Table, like I said, it has just turned over to Disney more, more recently. I ate at it, I think it was right before they turned over to Disney-owned, and I was not impressed. So, for one, you're sitting out on the lagoon, which can be really great for fireworks or any of the water shows, but you're sitting outside. So, when we were outside... In December, it was very cold, very humid at night. I mean, if you guys know what I'm talking about, the humidity can make, you know, 45 degree weather seem freezing cold outside. So I wasn't as comfortable. Of course, we have this ongoing joke in my family. Whenever I'm sitting somewhere outside, it it never seems to fail that we always have the heater that's next to us. It's broken. And when we sat down, we were told the heater was broken. So even though we had two kids and asked to be moved, they told us that they could not accommodate that. So yeah, it was cold. Wasn't that fun of experience when we did get our food, which took over an hour. And again, I'm not one of these people who like to complain on and on a restaurant, but this was a pretty bad experience. We got the food, we got the kids, and their chicken was not cooked, which is like, ah, uh, it's one of the worst things that can happen, I feel like, is cutting into not just yours, but your children's chicken kebab, and it's raw in the middle. So my husband loved his food, and uh, he said he would go back. It's just for me, it just... It wasn't a good experience, and I don't know if I'd go back. I think the fact that Disney owns it might make it a little bit better. It definitely could have changed how they do things, their protocol, but yeah, I think it'll be some time before we go back to the Spice Road table. But while you're there, if you do happen to go there, there are a few good drinks. So you've got the iced mint tea, which is super, again, like I keep on going to the refreshing. A lot of these drinks when you're drinking around the world are iced and really cool, like just great 
drinks. And I feel like Disney knew what they were doing because if you're in Florida, most of the time it's hot or humid and you're walking a lot. So having a refreshing drink for your alcoholic beverage, it makes it easier to purchase. It makes it easier to spend a little more when you're like, oh, okay, that's going to be nice and enjoyable. And just like, again, refreshing. That's the word of the day is refreshing. So anyways, this iced mint tea has the Bombay Bombay gin in it. Really nice. You also have um, a drink that I'm not, I'm pretty sure they still have it, but I know it was a special Mediterranean journey, which is peach vodka. You got your orange juice, you got your orange triple sec and topped with grenadine. So really just great orange flavor in that with a hint of that peach. So that's really good. All over at Spice Road Table, you can find these. Now, also a quick note about that restaurant. I know when we went, it was reservations were highly, you know, they, you had reservations, but now I've been told in what research I've done, supposedly it's walk up only. So I'm not sure how that's going to work. I mean, I'm not sure how it's working, but supposedly it is walk up only. So if you want to try your luck over there and you, you know, didn't, couldn't get any reservations at all, then I would definitely say go check out Morocco and Spice Road Table out on the lagoon. You also have a quick service over there, which is the Tangerine Cafe. Tons of vegetarian options. You've got good wraps, good little platters over there. So really good tasty there. And a fun little thing about Morocco is there are, it's like a little maze. Like if you just follow the alleyways, it's kind of like, dare I compare this to Aladdin when he's running through the marketplace. It's just every corner has something new. And there's actually a like duplicate or a replica of a typical Fez house, which is a typical Moroccan home. And you'll find it behind the marketplace. It's a very quiet spot. So if you're looking to, again, I know I talked about these spots over in Italy, but in Morocco, there's a lot of them. Very quiet. People don't know they're there. They've got a little fountain too in the back of the marketplace and then this Fez home. So if you wait every few minutes, you can find yourself being the only one, you know, in that home. And it's a great picture spot. It's very beautiful. It's got really detailed tiles, high ceilings. Again, very open space because when you're in Morocco, you want that air, the breeze flowing through. You also have activities like henna, which even as a little girl, we did henna. I remember walking around the pavilions trying not to get my henna tattoo hit by the side of my, you know, my shirt or by anybody walking. And so, of course, by the end of the night, we had a few smears because, hello, it's Epcot. There's tons of people there. So, of course, we got bumped in a few times. But it was always an exciting thing when I was younger to get a henna tattoo while I was there. The characters, of course, are none other than Jasmine and Aladdin. Most of the time, they're hanging out by Restaurant Marrakesh. And um, if you can't really miss this restaurant because it's got beautiful doors and the fountain is right across the way from it. So it's a great photo spot, even if Jasmine and Aladdin aren't there, to just snag a photo and get really into the Moroccan spirit of things. But unfortunately, as you're traveling their bazaar or their marketplace, you're not going to find any magic carpet rides sold here. But there are tons of souvenirs, great things to look at. So definitely a fun spot to go shopping in. And a little side note about Morocco, it is the only country supported by a country. So a lot of these pavilions are supported by corporations that represent the countries or the pavilion that's there. This is actually supported 
by Morocco itself. So yeah, that's a little interesting tidbit, I thought. Oh, and before I forget, the Kidcot location is actually over in the marketplace, over in the marketplace in the Medina. So again, it's one of those hidden areas. Be sure that you don't miss it. And if for some reason you can't find it, be sure to ask a cast member. They would love to point you in the right direction. And now we'll take a quick ad break. So this week, I just wanted to give a shout out to all those businesses that are listening in. I would love to give you a little feature on Coffee Talk at the Castle. If you want to message me at Coffee Talk at the Castle on Instagram, I would love to talk to you more about how we can do a featured spot on an episode or even more. Thanks so much and hope you guys are enjoying the episode. So let's get back to it. So as you're exiting Morocco and you um, maybe stop by the beautifully redone bathrooms, and trust me, they needed to be redone. I was just there and they were kind of one of those ugly stepsisters bathrooms of Epcot. But as you're moving towards France, you can't miss the replica of the Eiffel Tower with the beautiful Parisian buildings surrounded by it. Now, of course, we can't talk about France without talking about Remy's. Oh, so excited for this. I'm really pumped for this. So my, uh, first of all, Remy's, if you don't know, is the Ratatouille ride that's coming over in October. October is the hot month right now. So October 1st, you've got Remy's. You've also got a great new crepe place that's opening up in France. You've got the anniversary that's happening in Disney World. And there's a few other things I think that are coming by, but it's just, it's a it's a big day, October 1st, and it's a big day for a lot of people to come by. So if you're planning on going in October, be warned, it is going to be busier than normal because you have so many new things that are coming. And specifically in Epcot, and I feel like Magic Kingdom, you're going to have those big things as well as Halloween because you have the Halloween party, the little boobash that's between, I think it's 9 and 12 on specific nights. But Going back to France. Yay, France. So anyways, excited to ride this ride. My sister, actually, my older sister has been to Disneyland Paris and she has ridden it over there. And she said that was definitely one of the best things about Disneyland Paris. So excited for it to come over to Disney World and us to just take a ride on Remy's. Now let's dive into the restaurants over there. You've got Montessor's Paul's, which is only dinner. This is up above, actually, Le Chef's de France. So this is the second dress-coded restaurant here in Epcot. Again, same dress code over as in Japan. You've got the nice khakis, nice shirt, you know, no swimmer, the whole nine yards. I'm not going to explain that over again. But um, very nice traditional table service. And it also has a prefix seven-course meal, if that's more your fancy. I have not eaten here. Heard some good things over at this restaurant, but again, I haven't heard it. So I would definitely research it if you want to spend a little bit more money. This is one of the nicer places to do that. Now, like I said, below is Les Chefs de France. Again, I'm so sorry for butchering any of these words because... I am not very good with foreign languages, <laughs> but anyways, I have eaten here. They serve lunch and dinner. They, it looks out to the lagoon. You have the little street right in front of you, and then you have the lagoon. It's definitely more casual, more family-friendly. We went, and um, 
it wasn't the best food. <laughs> One of the people in our group ended up ordering mac and cheese, and thank God they did because we all kind of snagged a bite from the mac and cheese. But I love French food, so it was. I think it was just an off day, and the the menu may have changed a little bit. But um, yeah, it's been a while. I mean, gosh, I want to say it's been almost. Oh, maybe 10 years since I've eaten there. So I'm definitely sure things have changed for the better because a lot of people love going to this place. It's just, it's been a bit for me. Now, of course, while you travel back into France, you um, have the lovely Boulangerie, which is the bakery. It is great. Now, I will forewarn you. Um, now, the hours, of course, it's Epcot is still open, I think, at 11 right now. So uh, this isn't too much of a problem, but it used to be whenever Epcot would open at like nine or just the earlier hours, France was one of the only places you could get breakfast over in the pavilions and it was over at the bakery. Now, even, even now with the hours still as they are, it gets busy. So if ever you're like want, like wandering around and you really are craving something to eat and you happen to see the bakery line is very short take that opportunity to just snag a goodie. Even if you're not going to eat it right then and there, just to have it because it's, they're good. Like I have yet to have a bad pastry or just delicious thing from them. And it's through a shop. There's a few other little shops within France and some of them are actually really nice and spiffy. You have a makeup store, you have a high end like bag store. Of course you have a souvenir store, but there are just a ton of other things there to help look forward to. Now, character-wise, of course, you're going to find Belle and Aurora there. Those are your typical French-inspired characters. But what's so special about Belle is they actually changed the attraction over in France. Now, instead of the movie that they used to be playing, it's Belle and Beast sing-along. So super cute, super fun for all ages. And who doesn't love a Disney sing-along? Am I right? And the other thing that you cannot miss is the ice cream store. So most people think it's just ice cream. Like, why would I pay that much for ice cream when I can just do another treat somewhere else? No, 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 no. Try it with the macaron. So do a macaron stuffed ice cream sandwich. Oh my gosh. So delicious. Around holiday, they have this peppermint one and I'm just like, I'm salivating thinking about it because it's so good. And I am a sucker sucker for a macaron. And of course, they're gluten-free. So um, if you do have an allergy, I would ask about it because I think some of their ice cream is not gluten-free. So again, allergies, always double-check, triple-check. But anyways, those macaron sandwiches are delicious. And let's talk about the crepes. So they used to have this crepe stand over by the lagoon. They since because they're redoing things, they closed it, but they are opening a creperie. I'm so excited on October 1st. And guess what, guys? It's gonna have gluten-free crepes, which is another perk for me. Of course, you're gonna have your traditional crepes too, but it's gonna be table as well as quick serve. So really fun area. It's another place that you can get hard cider if that's what you want, you know. I'm not sure how good hard cider mixes with grapes, but hey, you know, I'm not judging. If you want to do both, that's totally fine. <laughs> they also have their kiosk for wine tasting, which is also where they have a lot of their fun drinks like the Grand Marnier slush. So that's really orange, slushy, alcoholic, you know, boozy drink. 
really good. Um, yeah, so just think about a Grand Marnier slushie is basically what it is. But um, yeah, so that's going to be your drink for drinking on the world over there. Now your kid's cot is inside the Souvenir de France. So make sure to hit that out while you are walking around. As you exit France, you have to cross this bridge on your way to United Kingdom. So while you're doing that, be sure to turn around and get a snapshot of the, I would say, skyline of the France Pavilion. It's really beautiful. You've got the lagoon on your left, the whole skyline, including the Eiffel Tower right, right in front of you. Then on the left of you, or on the right of you, I'm sorry, you have um, the other part of the lagoon, which is also the boats that take you to any of the hotels and also another stop for Hollywood Studios. So a quick little tidbit on that area, you have your secondary entrance and exit to Epcot. A lot of people don't know it's there. It's hidden in the pavilions. So it's super convenient if you're park hopping, whether to Hollywood Studios or from Hollywood Studios, because you also have the Skyliner there. And then you have tons of hotels that are right there. You've got the, uh, let's see, Beach Club, Yacht Club, uh, Swan and Dolphin. So all that's right there. And you've got the boats there, again, the Skyliner. So all that. Anyways, you can enter and exit right there. So if you have reservations in the early morning and you don't want to start off at the very front and you happen to stay over there or you took transportation and you're over in that area, it's definitely a perk to start off over by France slash United Kingdom. Now, we're walking into United Kingdom. United Kingdom actually represents England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. Not all of Ireland is represented, just Northern Ireland. So when you're here, of course, the pub. Like that's, I feel like one of the best best spots to start at is the pub. You've got the Rose and Crown pub and dining. It's got indoor and outdoor seatings. You got anything from fish, fish and chips, fingers and mash and anything in between. Now the pub side of it, just like a typical bar. It's really lively, full of fun energy. You've got a lot of people having a good time. Be sure to ask a bartender for a super fun concoction. They're great at making things up as well as giving a few classics over there. And you can't go wrong with all the scotch selection as well as Irish whiskeys they have going on. Great food, solid dining choice in my opinion. Now, if you're looking for more on the go, you have the Yorkshire Fish and Chips, which is right over in that same area too. You really can't miss it. And then, of course, the United Kingdom beer stand, which is right outside of Rose and Crown. So those are great spots to kind of, again, get your beer to drink around the world. Or if you're enjoying the pub as well, you can try one of their concoctions inside. Now, another fun thing is the Rose and Crown tea experience. Now, this is not open just yet, but... It is from Thursdays to Sundays, $35 a person. I think it starts at like 9.30 or 9.45 in the morning, and it goes on the rest of the day. But anyways, you've got included in that $35 fee, you have tea tasting as well as sandwiches and scones. So that's a great little bundle, especially if you like tea and if you want to truly experience England, I should say, it, it's a great little experience. Now, if you don't want to pay that and you want to stop into the Tea Caddy store, there's a great spot there for you. It's got tons of tea selections, cookies slash biscuits, and of course, all your accessories that you need to make a proper thing for tea. While you're looking for proper tea, you cannot skip over at the Queen's Table, which of course has all the royal china your heart could desire. So it's definitely a fancier spot. 
And just like in Norway, how they had, or I should say um, in Germany, how they had the beer steins custom over there, you can also get mugs with the family crest on top of it. And over in Toy Soldier Store, which is, of course, their knickknacks, toys, souvenirs, all that, you can find the kids caught right over there. Now, there is an alert for the new attraction that's coming over there, and that's going to be something in the lines with Mary Poppins. They haven't been too specific on what's going to be there, but it got pushed aside with all the COVID shenanigans. So soon, hopefully, you will be hearing news of what exactly is going on and what's involving Mary Poppins. But while we're on that note, you can also meet a lot of times Mary Poppins there, Alice in Wonderland, and of course, the iconic Winnie the Pooh, because Christopher Robin lives in England, so why not see Winnie over there? <laughs> Whew, okay, you've made it. You made it to number 11, the last stop of the road. Sometimes it's the first stop, but you made it to Canada. Now, I know it sounds so tempting just to skip on over this because, hey, at least you made it. You went through all 11, you're good. But come on, just one more and then you're you really did a solid to get through all the pavilions. Now I know you might be you might have been thirsty or you're a little drunk or you're just tired, your feet hurt, whatever it is. Just get through it. Come on, you didn't do all 10 of these just to give out on the 11th one. So go strong on Canada. And Canada is great. So it really captures the great outdoors. You have so many opportunities to see great things in nature. They have a waterfall spectacular. They have fountains everywhere. You have the beautiful Victoria Gardens that is featured, inspired by the Bouchard Gardens in British Columbia. It's, of course, a smaller version. You don't have a enormous garden, but it's so well manicured, so beautiful. Just a great picture area and again, gets you in tune with nature. Now, there is a stage that constantly does music. You have the Blueberry Grass Band. You have sometimes in the past they've had Circus Soleil even specialize over there, just a few performers. Tons of Celtic or just kind of like Canadian punk rock bands too. Sometimes over in holidays, you always have a fun set going. There used to be a Lumberjack show. I don't see it coming back anytime soon, but there was a lot of things. There still are fun things that go on on that stage. Um, now, there used to be a show, Oh Canada. As some of you know, there's actually a whole little area. Now, they've hosted that for many different reasons, like taking the show out and then used that building for many different things. But um, as of right now, they don't have any news about when the show is actually going to be back. So it's kind of no real attraction over there in Canada. But you do have Le Cellar Steakhouse. Okay, warning, this is a little bit pricier. But it's good if you like steak. It's got it's they know how to cook a good steak. And you also have some seafood there. But yes, it is pricey. If you go there, you do have to Somebody has to try the cheddar soup. It is so delicious and a staple there. And of course, if you really want to go all Canadian, you can try the poutine as well. But be sure to do reservations because that restaurant is tiny. And especially if you have a large group, you want to make sure you call as soon as those reservations open and make sure to pencil in. I think there's a reservation cap of like seven people if you have a large group. So call. Sometimes you can finagle it depending on the time and who you're talking to. But definitely call. Um, Disney is great with dining experiences and they really do try to make it as magical as possible. So if they can fit you, they're going to be able to fit you. Now alcohol, you have a ton of beer there as well. It is Canada. 
the oatmeal stout's good. They have an apricot wheat that's really good. Uh, and of course, you can pair it with their maple popcorn. Hello. We've talked about it this before in this snacks episode. Um, but yes, they do have the maple popcorn over there. And it's right next to the beer stand. So why not get both at the same time? You've got your kids' cot over at by O Canada. Again, it's closed right now, but the kids' cot is still over there. You have some beautiful totem poles that are around, and two of them are actually wood, and one is fiberglass, just a little hint, so try to figure out which one is which. But yeah, it's a fun stop, and sure, there's not much to do right now, but that doesn't mean you should skip over it. You should definitely still be like, oh, I made it to Canada, so why not spend a little bit more time? It's not worth just to walk on through, so enjoy Canada, and enjoy the fact that you did all 11 pavilions. We did it. Hooray! So now that we've walked through and talked about briefly, but somewhat in depth about all 11 pavilions, I'd love to hear which one was your favorite or which one you have gone to and you love, or if you found out something new that you didn't know was available in one of these pavilions, let me know. Because I mean, it was somewhat eye-opening for me researching all that's there. I mean, there's so many, especially the museums or the movies, they're always revolving. I feel like Disney does good with trying to change things and not keep it, you know, dusty or old. So yeah, I'm really excited about all the changes though that are happening to Epcot in the near future. There are a lot of fun renovations happening and fun things with the pavilions. I know for so long it's been just the two rides and that's it. And it seems like things are definitely changing and making these pavilions more exciting. So yay for the future. I mean, not so yay because I guess ticket prices will probably go up to pay for all these changes, but we could talk about that in another episode. So anyways, thanks for following along with me and sticking it out through all 11 pavilions today. I'm so excited that you were able to tune in and excited to see you again next week now don't forget to follow me over at coffee talk at the castle on instagram be sure to give my podcast a rating over at the apple podcast store i'd so appreciate it and thank you again so much for just giving your time into this podcast and listening and tuning in to all these fun tidbits that we talked about today and any previous episode thank you so much and have a great week (music) 